Options activity has altered the investment landscape. Get an edge on this massive flow of funds with Tier 1 Alpha's Market Situation Report brought to you by Hedgeye. A daily newsletter of the latest moves in the options market and a weekly webcast featuring myself, Mike Green of Simplify Asset Management, and Tier 1 Alpha's Craig Peterson and David Pegler. Go to hedgeye.com research for more information. Morning, I'm Daryl Jones, Director of Research at Hedgeye. Welcome to the Macro Show for September 21st, uh, 2023. Day after the Fed, now we're in the aftermath. Uh, the bulls got their paws, but the bulls didn't get the reaction they wanted. No, they got uh, pounded, actually. Uh, Powell's actually getting pounded for the right reasons this morning. Uh, number one, he lied, and number two, he lied. So uh, I wrote an early look on the 15th of September that said, you know, is Powell going to lie, essentially? And he did. So the market doesn't like that. Uh, stock market doesn't like it, but the bond market really doesn't like it. And of course, the currency market likes it. So well done staying with all those positions uh, with the dollar up again today. Top three things this morning in the notebook will be dollar number one. Uh, number two, just hit on interest rates. This is a hell of a, this is a caraca of a move here, uh, as they'd say. And then you got the NASDAQ volatility, which is probably the most important thing uh, that's changed materially because of course, the first two things aren't new. They were signals. Uh, again, we stayed with the signal. We didn't stay with you know people's narratives on what the dollar should do, given the deficit or anything like that. Uh, dollar is right at its uh, new cycle high here. So again, we're punching uh, that ticket from when I got up this morning uh, when the euro was kind of flat against the dollar. Now the euro is breaking down again uh, against the dollar, down like 0.25%. In currency space, that's actually a big big move in our uh, clients that trade currencies institutionally, obviously, like being on the right side of that because consensus really hasn't been. If you look at the positioning, which we reviewed, uh, one of the most anti-consensus positions that we continue to have uh, is, of course, long of the U.S. dollar. Why? Long of the U.S. dollar is a direct uh, interpretation of the of the currency market of hawkish inflation expectations. Now, that's where Powell lied yesterday. Again, I didn't tell him to do that. Now, the guy is he was stepping on on himself essentially yesterday. I have uh, live tweeted pretty much every presser that he's done since the pandemic. Uh, live tweeted being that, you know, he's on the television. That's the only time I take CNBC off mute. And I, I was just I'm just live tweeting. I'm being as open and honest as I can. I don't get everything right. But even from a, you know, in in, in the study of lying, I used to do this. We used to do this uh, when I was on the buy side. We were trained by the FBI, actually, in, in terms of how to interpret somebody through their body language, hand signals, et cetera, if they're lying. He was he, he scored 100 percent on that test. So he was lying, you know, and, and that's an explicit lie. He wasn't asked at what point, which is kind of pathetic, but I mean, these old wall journal, journals didn't even ask about oil till 40 minutes, 40 minutes into the press conference. And then they asked about, hey, look, you know, you didn't raise interest rates. Why are interest rates going up? Is that because inflation expectations are going up? And he said, no, that's, that's not why that's happening. It's just an outright lie. I mean, it's got a 0.91 correlation, as you can see this morning, uh, if you look at the dollar against uh, oil in particular. So uh, it's an outright lie, and that's with my Canadian accent, so I'm going to reiterate that this morning. Uh, and then if you look at the bond market, this is, look, look at this, is a caraca, Jonesy. This thing is ripping. Like, just, <laughs> like, the, the two-year yield obviously went from the top end of my range, uh, which was around 508, 509. Now you're pushing 520, okay? So when I said priced in, my definition of priced in isn't some poppycock from the old wall. It's, no, you're at the top end of my range on this, and you're at the low end of my range on that. Uh, but then those range changed. They changed. So that's where Powell uh, wasn't priced in, because he made, he's making people quite nervous. Now they're scared about losing control of the bond market, which even Ben Bernanke didn't do. 
So um, no matter where you go, here we are. I mean, now we're at 447 on the 10-year. That's right at the top of the range that I published this morning. It's not magic. It's math. So here we are. Uh, the bond market doesn't believe Powell. The currency market doesn't believe Powell, and neither do I. And then finally, the stock market now doesn't believe Powell, okay? So it's one thing to look at the structure, uh, and we spend a lot of time with Tier 1 Alpha explaining what's going on in the VIX in particular and the S&P 500 with that being one of their main focuses. So let's focus on that a little bit. Look at short-dated volatility. What's happened actually in the VIX is that we basically priced in zero to one days out risk on events. Okay, so that's that's why the curve uh, looks like that with events. But now the problem with that is that we've generally seen a suppression of volatility coming out of CPI reports, jobs reports and and the market, including my signal until it changed, was expecting the same thing. But now you should expect what the market's actually doing. So instead of looking at the VIX, which now has a 17 handle in front of it on the top end of my range, which is new, uh, which is now you're seeing the low end of my range on the S&P 500 blow up. Uh, NASDAQ volatility is north of 20, okay? And that's on front month. So we're seeing uh, a big breakout there, which is squarely um, a, a big part of that is because Apple volatility is even higher than that. So if you look at VXAPL or uh, the NASDAQ volatility, the qu equivalent of that for Apple uh, or any volatility, you're looking at the front month is, is north of 25 here on the open. It was at 24 at the close for Apple yesterday. And we're seeing NVIDIA break my trend. Shite NVIDIA. Microsoft broke first. Apple broke. If this NVIDIA, Jonesy, if it, if it's, if it remains broken, you know, this is a significant percentage of the S&P 500 and a large percentage of the narrative and a massive percentage of bag holding. Okay? So those are my top three things. Uh, I was going to say uh, one other thing that doesn't believe, I guess, Powell is Morgan's rates, which this morning are, I think it, 30-year hit 7.59 or something like that, highest level in 23 years now. So, yep, we got some major issues there. He broke, you know, the, the, he broke, like he's tightening into, you know, what's an ongoing slowdown and will be more, won't be apparent in the next quarter's GDP report, which makes it even tougher for yeah. them. Um, and you'll note that, you know, like he's even lying about that. I mean, his economic projections, what did they do yesterday? They go up or down? Uh, oh, well, yeah, I was in, I, I tweeted this, but... Um, GDP went up, inflation went up, unemployment went down. So th these are their projections, right? So basically everything got more hawkish or tighter in their projections, right? right. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. And which is why I said in the beginning, like, he's lying. It, because in the prior press conference, like I, I highlighted the lie he said on inflation expectations yesterday, but the prior lie was at the prior meeting, he said, look, this is a live meeting. I'm data dependent. We have a couple uh, inflation reports to look at. And then yesterday, he's like, oh, clearly inflation uh, in the last two reports is still coming down. Yeah, well, coming down. It went up. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, all their, you know, all the data, you know, went, you know, sort of, like, you know, became more hawkish. Then all their projections became more, or sorry, became more, yeah, became more hawkish, right? Exactly. Like, it's kind of crazy, right? If you can't be data dependent and then move your projections that way, and all the data that's come out incrementally is that direction, so... So the bond market's going to take them for a ride, and, and this is new. Uh, again, th these are not rides that Janet Yellen or Ben Bernanke took. This is not the tilt-a-whirl at the carnival. You know, these are real big rides, okay? So just pay attention to that. And don't forget that markets, uh, somebody told me once, because I made it up myself, great one-liner. Never forget that markets crash from oversold levels, okay? The Russell 2000's already crashing. It's already down 10% versus where chart monkeys were chasing it in July. 
and it's already down 25%, or actually almost down 20, no, 25.9% from its cycle peak. It is already crashing. So when you have markets that are already crashing, oversold by our definition is the low end of the range. What ends up happening is that volatility spikes and the live risk range, which is what I look at, not the, you know, what I publish is what is as of the closing prices. Live prices then see volatility going up at a faster pace. It goes up slowly then all at once. And the bottom of the risk range falls out of bet. So again, understand that. If you don't, many of you don't because this week is free and you've never met me before, thank God, uh, some of you are thinking right now. But the fact of the matter is it's just math and stay with it. So intraday, I'll give you a risk range that is different on the S&P 500. Currently, uh, the low end of the risk range is 43.70. So in real-time alerts, which some of you subscribe to uh, or continue to, obviously, it's one of our most popular products. Um, you've subscribed, some of you subscribe to it, obviously, but um, some of you don't and you used to. And now this includes what we call real-time coaching alerts. So intraday, like as of, as soon as it 9.31 happens, I'll have a new low end of the risk range and it's not 43.70. So again, that's the point, you know? So in a, in a risk range or in a real-time alert, what I'll do is I'll call it the refresh risk range. Because it's con- if I just hit it like a thousand times, like a, like a chart monkey might, um, you know, I'll just keep seeing a new number. It doesn't change like dramatically all the time, but it definitely changes when you get some heat that is a, an unexpected, if you will, from the market. And that's what Powell just did. Uh, so we had like here, this is minus 0.7%, but the market could be down two, three or 4%. Because we're in what? A, a, what kind of a position from a gamma position? Positive or negative? Negative. Okay. What is the flip line? So these are things that you should know before you get to work today or even before you got up for that matter. Um, I get this flip line is emailed to me personally because I'm so special. Uh, the flip line for gamma is 4477. So if you're below that line, dealers have to sell weakness. Okay. Dealers have to sell weakness. Systematic. Again, you saw this yesterday. Actually, CTAs were sellers again. Uh, and if you look at uh, the tier one alpha data, which I'd highly recommend you be reading every day so that you know these things before I tell you, um, you know, tier one's saying, Jonesy, that dealers have to sell uh, and, or hedge like $1.2 billion in S&P futures per index point, not per index percentage point, per index point. So again, just do the math. You go from 4370 to 4369, 1.2 billion, 4, that's for every single point. Okay. So the market's always this market structure that, um, that uniquely America, uh, American, you know, chart chasers and whatnot and options traders allowed to exist because they thought it was all fun and games on the upside. Go, go back no further than July on my favorite chart that I'll be highlighting for the rest of my life. Uh, slide 36, please, Eric Gendron. Uh, that's, that was the mother of all bubbles, right? We even have a hashtag for that, M-O-A-B. And it was also the mother of all markups because it was a month-end markup where everyone's like, oh, you get the bull market's back. You know, bullshit. Now their bull market's blowing up again. The NASDAQ, before it opens today, by the way, is down 16.1% from where we went bearish. 16.1, right? So, and it, this can go on and on and on. But the market structure, again, in as much as it's positive, you know, it's positive and you can have a, a bull market that's range bound, you buy every damn dip when dealer, you know, when, when, when gamma from a dealer perspective is positive, when it's negative, you can just completely crash and burn. And again, you may not have the same type of crash and burn as 1987. But again, when you look at uh, what Mike Green's been saying, um, it's, it said, no, you could have like, you know, four or five, four percent down days in a row, you know, with, with that setup. And again, now that I say that, 
Uh, some of you that are new to this, like, oh my God, I got to sell today. No, nah, well, actually, you should have sold like in July. Uh, and you should have sold every time the market was up since July at a lower high. You know, what I don't want you to do, and many of you in Hedge Eye Nation know this, is take today. Today is it paid it. Today, we're set up for this. We're fine, okay? They aren't fine, but we're set up for fine. Don't take my tone and take everything that I'm saying and superimpose like, I got to be short 80% cues. It's not what you do. Today, you take a step back, you take a deep breath, you take everything that I've given you today in terms of highlights on data, you take your process and you execute on it. That's it, right? If shorts are down, you cover some. But again, understand you might cover at a lesser pace. Instead of covering 50 basis points of my XLRE or my, or my, my rate sensitive shorts, don't forget that uh, right on the screws, we nailed that. We took our bond yield signal and said they're going up. And we said, I want a short rate sensitivity on the way down. Utilities and REITs are the best example of that. You can see on the Bongo board uh, yesterday, there weren't many places to hide, by the way, uh, including energy. So energy, I'm going to be buying uh, buying also Jonesy in a, in a setup like this. Maybe I'll be buying less aggressively. You know, so instead of buying 50 basis points or 100 basis points <laughs> at a clip you know, of your hard-earned capital, you know, if you don't know what that is, that's 0.5% of what you have in your pile. Um, maybe I buy 25 basis points and maybe I buy 25 basis points at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then I buy another 25 basis points at 3, 10 PM. Cause those are the two windows of time that I execute between when I'm done ranting, uh, and 11 o'clock and then three to 4 PM. Okay. Sometimes a little earlier if I have a signal to do so. So be incremental. You've worked your ass off to get to this position. You worked your ass off to get your pile to where you're going to have the best payday that you've had. The best payday of my life is coming when? October the 1st, right? That yield now, and again, TFLO, for example, which is one of our core asset allocations, is going to trade better. It's going to give me the highest one because it floats. That is payday. So I don't have to be in a rush to buy anything. And if I buy something, it's probably at the low end of the range. I'd love for XLE, for example, energy, the broad energy, which I haven't signaled buy on uh, in a while because it hasn't been at the low end of the range. I will buy some but I'm in no rush. I got payday coming, right? So again, all the, again, and this is one of the main problems for, for the, for the bulls. You have competition, right? I get just to sit on my hands. If all I had was a a million dollars and, and I, and I compounded at North of, or at 5% for five years, just a million dollars. If that's all I had, I just put it in an account, came back in five years. That would be $1.273 million. I'd be happy with that. I'd be fine. You need more? How about your million dollars goes to like $500,000? That's how people unbecome millionaires. So uh, be very, very careful in a, in a setup from a volatility perspective uh, like this is the point. Uh, what else we got going on for you uh, underneath the hood? There's no real change um, you know, in, in cross-asset class vol. Uh, of course, the, the bond market nailed that. They said, look, I don't see a lot of volatility uh, until I do uh, from an equity perspective, but that's different than bond market volatility. What the market was very good at doing in, in treasury bond vol was taking out the lows, the prior lows the, of where bond yields could go to the downside. Now the question is, where do they go to the upside? Okay, and there are a lot of theories and whatnot on that, but we have a process. We'll just take the numbers as they play out and refresh within the risk range. What else I got going on for you uh, here this morning? Uh, if you look at um, uh, Asia last night. So, you know, one of the things, many of the many things that these permabulls, telecom, Tom, you know, these these clowns on CNBC, they're one way, right? I mean, what they what they like quite literally and almost purposefully ignored in July was that Europe had entered a recession and that China was slowing again. So these are big places, okay? And they matter. 
And we didn't ignore those. We stayed with those shorts. We weren't getting our faces ripped off on those, by the way, in July, uh, like I did on some of these uh, U.S. uniquely American short squeezes. But you can go back. You look at every timestamp. Every mistake I've made is there. One mistake was not uh, shorting China. China's down again last night, 0.8%. Hong Kong EWH, we have that on. Uh, that was down closer to 1.5%. Dr. Kospi, we used to be long China, actually. At the beginning of the year, we went from long to out to short. We went from long South Korea to out. What I should have done was shorted South Korea because it's Dr. Kospi, we call it. And we're Dr. Copper, by the way, which is also back to bearish trend this morning. You know, these things are bearish trend signals. When I load up the entire, you know, the entire edifice of the process, which are these core signals, and I look at them all together, and I include those two doctors this morning, the prescription is nasty, okay? You can't take a lose your fat pill for these things. These are big problems, okay? And they're problems that are tied to that uniquely American bubble that was tech, semiconductors, et cetera. What happened in the IPO market is a shit show, okay? If you were the sucker at the table and you didn't know, that's a lesson you're going to learn playing poker too. But again, if you bought ARM at 64 or you bought CART at 42, you know, ARM's at 51 and is going to go lower this morning. CART went from 42 to 31. Uh, that Flavio or Clavio IPO software, the first one they got out of the uh, back of the bus there, it, it could break IPO price today. You know, David Solomon's like, shaggy. No, you cannot. This is going to be a shit show. I mean, tech is widely owned, okay? Widely and wildly. Uh, what else we got going on for you this morning? And South Korea understands that. I shorted Pakistan yesterday, by the way, and I will buy some more India against that. Pakistan, India. They don't like each other, but my signals like being short Pakistan, P-A-K, and, um, and long India, I-N-D-A for the fam. What else we got going on for you this morning? Uh, European shorts are going to work like a boss. Uh, into the close. That's what I did. I look for things that aren't down. Uh, for those of you that don't get what I think is probably the best value I've ever provided, you know, at least Wall Street, which is an app that goes hedge eye, green eye, red eye. I, as soon as I saw what Powell was, did and was saying, I hit the red eye and then I'd look on my screen, what's up and what's at the top end of its range. Boop, there you go. Austria, EWL. So, and again, I was adding to my EWQ, which is my French shorts. So again, if you didn't do it that way, get better. You can do this. I know you can do this because the alternative is way worse. It's being a spy monkey. It's not really playing at the level at all, but just pretending in your own mind that things never going down or they only go up is just it. Uh, what else we got going for, for you here this morning? A big higher low on the oil price, uh, by the way, uh, which is 86.48. So again, pay attention to these numbers uh, as, as you would. Um, gold, again, coming off the top end of the range as it should uh, with bond yields going up. So I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pull uh, until it gets to the bottom end of the range, uh, GLD being. Uh, already talked about the currency market, Jones, even bond market, uh, maybe exhausted that. One other point, though, on, on another bond market that really matters, a big bond market signal. Again, when I look at the core, the entire edifice, which includes the doctors, Dr. Cosby, Dr. Copper, German 10-year boon yield is in there, okay? I'm not going to, it's just inside, sometimes, it's just inside of 30 different things I'm looking at when I look at that composite oh shit signal. Um, that would include, which has never happened before, that the German 10-year yield makes new cycle highs as Germany or Europe has entered a recession. Never happened before. The last time they went into a recession, Jonesy, um, the big one when they re-entered it in 2011, they had this guy, the guy from Goldman, Draghi. He's like, well, he saw the oh shit signal because all of his clients were you know, telling him about that, his former clients, Goldman clients. And, and, and he's like, we got we to gotta, we gotta cut rates. <laughs> so this is new territory. I, I hope people know exactly what to do um, because uh, many have never seen this before because it's never happened. 
Yeah, I want to hit on one uh, data point, and then we'll get into the queue, because I just thought this was interesting. Uh, just came out from Christian. The Philly Fed survey, which obviously is just a regional survey, but um, new orders, this is from August to September, down 26% month over month, or sorry, 26 points month over month. Prices paid up five points month over month. Prices received, so what you get from, you know, when people are buying something from you, basically flat month over month. Mm. It's a you know, microcosm of the U.S., but you have new orders just dropping precipitously. Prices that you have to pay for, for your inputs up fairly significantly and prices you're getting basically flat. So. Well, and that's an interesting thing um, in context. And these are, um, I'm assuming those are September numbers? That, that was all September numbers, which is why I thought it was. Okay, so, so this, is what, this, is how you, this is how you do the job. If you don't want to be a macro tourist, which is a far better life to, again, the alternative. I think that's what Biden says now. It's like, well, I'm, I'm pretty bad, but look at the alternative. I mean, it's not a bad sales pitch, um, but you know, mine's a lot easier. The alternative is being a macro tourist or following drawdown Josh Brown or something on CBS. Uh, slide 38. So when you hear a data point like that, you should automatically be able to put it on, okay, where is that in the time series? We already know that this is what was happening in August, Jonesy, right? These are August numbers for ISM. So if you're, and, and, and again, this was a Fed survey for September you had? Just for, just for the Philadelphia. Yeah, for the Philly Fed survey. Yeah. So you can, you can bet your Madoff that a, 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 as we get the September data and we enter, again, we enter a Q4, which is when the recession starts from, a, from a, an empirical perspective, according to our nowcast, you know, what Jonesy just said, it's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. We saw a spike in economic activity in July. We also had one in January. We reviewed this ad nauseum. So again, now you're slowing. So the data is slowing and interest rates are going up. No bueno. That's, that, that's not good for anybody. So eventually, he's gonna, what's really screwed up about this, Jonesy, is that eventually, if he turns tails and says, I'm now looking at the slowing economic data and I got to cut interest rates, yep. he's going to scare the shit out of people. I mean, because, of course, they just raised their economic projections. Right. So, so it's great. Well, he also raised his, long, well, I guess the dot plot effectively raised longer term rates too, right? Yeah. That's one thing. Um, and by the way, just a couple more slides on that. Go, go to the next slide. Um, what slide was that number? That was 38. Yeah, let's go to go to the next one. Um, the do, 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 do. Let's, um, This is our core slide deck. By the way, we have our Q4 macro themes deck coming out on Thursday. Macro Pro subscribers obviously get all that. Um, so we we know that the base effects are moving quite you know quite hot. Go to the next slide. The longs that we have are there. Next slide. The shorts are too. I just reviewed that long energy versus sh short. We don't want you to be where all the tourists are, okay? So as these equity correlations collapse, you can see that there is money to be made on the long side. It's just not in the things that the street is long, Yep. right? Because we're showing there, obviously, long long India versus short, um, short France. We're showing long CTA, the ETF against short Sweden. You know, these are not positions people have if they're macro tourists. So again, don't be one of those. Okay, we had a question come in from your early look. What you know, the title was "Powell is lying." Um, I, <clears throat> this is the question. I didn't understand the advice part of this column, but, but I do. I, I, I too believe that he is lying. Uh, what is the investment conclusion from him lying? Well, or how, you know how to think about that's that. not the point of the early look. I get it. Like if you don't, maybe if you if you agree with me or not, it's not a political statement. It's a review of what 
what we're telling you to do, which is be long dollars, don't buy duration or TLT, and short rate sensitivity, okay? To name a few things. So again, it's I'm telling you what I'm telling you to do, and I'm telling you, therefore, he's lying because those things are working. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. It's not, I, I gotcha, I don't know what to do here. If you don't know what to do with what I've been saying, I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's as crystal clear as I've been for six weeks, basically, at least in a row with the same position. Now, if you're new to Hedgeye and you're like, this sounds like he's highly convicted, what's the call? I think maybe that, maybe, you know what the call is, right? You're, you, you're, you're probably pretty happy that you're not sitting right across from me. And I would do better if you're sitting there, by the way. Sometimes it's hard, right? Josie, I say this all the time. If I have a live audience, I can see if you're a scumbag. I can see if you're like a polite person actually a- asking an honest question. And we have both, right? So if you are a lying scumbag or a troll, I, I would probably come right across and get a little closer to you, right? And if you were a really nice person and you're actually curious, and I can tell that you might be like we had students for the, from UNLV, from the University of uh, uh, University of um, Nevada, 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 Las Vegas. And, and, and I was like, as nice as you'd want me to be if you can't handle the truth um, or you can't handle hard things, read the book, Do Hard Things by, by Steve Magnus. Uh, very important book. Um, you would see that like, I, I can empathize with people that are actually curious. But if you're being a donkey, you know, you're going to get that reaction from me. Okay, number one question of the queue. Um, oil volatility, OVX closed at 30 yesterday and has been moving higher over the past week, probably like a lot of volatility. Oil has has been down slightly. What's the signal trend on OVX and how are you thinking about it in the context of your energy longs and commodity exposure? OVX, the risk range, on there's a pretty wide range, but it's uh, 23 by 31. If OVX, oil volatility, were to get through 33, that would be a concern for me on being long of oil. So that's the level. Okay. Uh, uh, another signal, another important question uh, that should have been asked, because this is really what's going on underneath the hood. Uh, I wanted to get to the number two questions about Egypt. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, NVIDIA. Um, so uh, three things to, let's, let's make this bigger. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you know, does NVIDIA matter? Yeah. Does the XLK or the, the three stocks equate to 50% of what they call technology? Microsoft, Apple, and NVIDIA all being bearish trade and trend at the same time. Does that matter? Big time. Big time. Okay. <clears throat> so the levels that you should, and again, these things change. So unlike the bullshit you watch on TV where somebody's just looking at a 50-day moving monkey or the valuation on a static basis without a model like Stephanie Linkwood. Oh, well, you don't have a model, Steph. Just stop it, right? Now, if you have Brian McGough's model, that's different. Now, if, you're, if she was commenting on that, I'm just, I'm not picking on her. She's just quite garrulous in her ranting about nothingness. But NVIDIA, and, and I think she's also long like Avago, uh, which is getting pounded, which is another big one, Broadcom. Yeah, that broke trend this morning. But NVIDIA, there are three numbers I want you to, to, to write down. Uh, a, I want you to write down 493. B, I want you to write down. And C, I want you to write down 460 and 423. Okay? Now, for mathematically oriented people that don't seek a garrulous rant to, or a stock idea or a pitch, again, I'm not picking on her, but I am. Like, she used to be head of research for Jim Cramer. I mean... 493, 493 is what? That's the all-time closing high for NVIDIA. 460 is what? That is the trade. That's my trade signal line. 
and the trend is 423. Now, when this setup happens, when you have like a bubble, bubbles are bubbles because they keep making higher highs in my risk range, and they're as opposed to bearish trade and trend right now on the open, they're bullish. So the process goes both ways. Never in the history of me publishing or modeling, I model it myself, Steph. I model NVIDIA every morning. Never until today has that been bearish trade and trend because I only put it into the process when it became the bubble that it was. Every single day, it's been higher highs, higher lows within the opposite of that. So now, what is the risk range today on uh, NVIDIA? It's, so now your risk range is 408 to 4. 453. Okay, this is a major problem. When the top end of your risk range, TRR, is below the immediate term trade momentum line. So you can't even get it back to positive trade momentum, never mind to higher highs. So all time high goes bearish trade, bearish trade. This is what happened to what? This is what happened to Apple. It's what happened to Microsoft. It's what happened to Netflix in our model in the last two weeks as well. What happened to Netflix when it broke trade and trend? Like a hot knife through butter, that sucker went straight down. It, it happened to Restoration Hardware. It happened to Dollar General. So again, it's happened. This is why I do it this way. I know some of you will never like me, but a lot of people like that because it's rules-based and it has nothing to do with my tone, my haircut, or the size of my pot belly. Okay? This is really important. I'm not going to have to remind you again because we're going to rewind that tape. If we go back in time, and again, this is with a, a, a company who allegedly is accelerating revenue growth still. I, I, I have no reason not to believe that. We don't have some tone wire fraud you know, case on NVIDIA or anything like that. But you go back to slide 36, and if that's what it was, which is it was a bubble, and this we look back at July, which is you know essentially NVIDIA did a double uh, in, in terms of taking two runs at all-time highs back in July and then went through it here. Uh, in that August month end market. Was it marked up in month end? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so, you know, this is a really interesting setup. Okay. Uh, we're kind of going in overtime here, but I did want to, um, I don't think you hit on this. Did want to hit on the BOJ meeting um, with the overnight drop in Asia. We, and we have a few questions on this, on this. Looks like the market is providing an opportunity to gross up long Japan positions. Are you being patient ahead of the BOJ meeting or capitalizing on these longs? Being at the low end of the range. Thanks. Uh, low end of the range. <laughs> and if if any of your questions, like, again, typically the queue, and unfortunately will be, are you really going to do what the process tells you to do? Yeah, that's the process, right? Don't be afraid of the process. I, at no, at not once have I mentioned that BOJ meeting because it doesn't matter to me. Now, I could wake up to the Bank of Japan saying something <laughs> that's more hawkish or whatnot. They've already actually put it on the table. They said that they're going to change their opinion once they see the year-end numbers. You know, we still they still have to see their September, October, November, December numbers. So I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen. Um, therefore, you know, I'm comfortable executing on the process. I got four different Japanese uh, ETFs that I'm going to buy. I got a lot of energy that I'm going to buy. I got some India to buy. There's a lot to buy. So again, and part of what I'm addressing here, and I hope uh, for Hedgeye Nation and all of you longtime subscribers, please, uh, and thank you for uh, bearing with me with you know, kind of the tone this morning, because I do have to address these trolls. They're watching me. Hi. Um, you know, this, I, I want to get more people under the tent as we get, I, I called it this in July. I said, 
This is phase two of hedge iris management because so many people are so upset. That tells me that A, they just don't like losing money. So they, they're going to blame me and that's fine. Uh, I, I earn that you know, responsibility and I take it quite seriously. Uh, but B, mo- much more importantly, they don't even our own subscribers entirely understand the process to the, the, to the degree that they need to. They needed to stand tall. They needed to, even if you're five foot nine, chubby Irish guy, stand as tall as you could. They needed to stand on that switch in July and execute no matter how much pain they were in and no matter how, how bad their portfolio construction was or their timing. Right? You, you stand on that hill. And if you didn't, you just got a hell of an education. If some of you who canceled who are watching me that got upset but are now happy with me again, don't be that way. This game is really, really hard. But it gets harder if you don't have a tested and true process that goes both ways, especially at key points in time. And July, oh baby, that was a key point in time. It battle tested me. It made me gray. It didn't make me cry. Okay? But I appreciate you coming back here and spending some time with us. You know, I know it's free. We're doing that on purpose. We, like I said, we want to get more people underneath the tent under the tent. I don't think it's for everybody. In fact, I know it's not for everyone because it's hard work, right? And it takes time. It takes reps. And if you want to be as good as we are, that's what it's going to take. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Wrap, we're going to wrap up there. You got uh, Rooster and Keith tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I get the morning off. Have a great day. And good morning from the control room, everybody. Our busy week here on Hedge TV continues 12 p.m. today. We have Danielle DiMartino Booth in studio. She's going to be talking with Lacey Hunt. That's going to be a fascinating conversation. And then also today, if you are a new subscriber, paying subscriber, sorry for all the free people, but you got to be a paying subscriber to access this. We have subscriber orientation at 11 a.m. with just Director of Subscriber Development, Robert McGordy. That'll be at 11 a.m. Check your email inboxes for that event. Hey, boss. Hey, boss, did you hear? 95% of NFTs are now worthless. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, check out all the free week goodies that have been hitting your inbox. Highly recommend looking at all of those. Let's get this ready. Have a good day out there. Don't forget to check out Hedgeye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at Hedgeye. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk, and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the terms of service at hedgeye.com slash terms of service.